you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. To another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mashless Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Bobby Schisler, also known as Blazing Bob. Hey, hey, hey. And this is episode number 69, and we are at recording on August 15th for release on August 16th. Uh, today we have another interview. Actually, we have an interview with Not Rob from Omnic Lab. That's going to be most of the show today, but we're also going to dive into what's going on in the PTR. We got a PTR update. What was it last Wednesday or Thursday? It was definitely after the show released. Yeah. So uh, before we get into that, though, I'd like to welcome anyone who is listening for the very first time. Thank you very much for taking the time to check out the show. Uh, we do talk Overwatch and some esports and some competitive on this show, but the primary focus of watchpoint radio is the community and the state of the game so most time when we talk topics it's going to revolve around that um if you enjoy the show you can follow us on twitter at watchpoint radio and you can also join us on our discord at discord.me slash mash those buttons uh let's get into a little bit of community feedback we did get a new itunes review this week uh thank you guys for keeping those flowing this one excuse me that's from Tragic Zach. Uh, he says, this is a great show with great people t- talking some great discussions about great topics put directly into the ear holes of a great audience like me. Great. Nice. <laughs> so thank you very much for uh, for taking time to write that great interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah did that, there? That must have just come in because... I don't know. I thought I thought I looked today and didn't see any new ones. Uh, no, I, I stay on top of things, Bob. I mean, unlike some people on the show. Whose name I looked at like two o'clock. Rhymes with Bob. I looked at two o'clock. <laughs> it had to have just come in. Yeah, it was, it was pretty late, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, like I said, we got an interview with not Rob. Actually, before we talk about that, I am off my game this week, folks. I am so sorry. It's showing on the stream. It's showing on the show. <laughs> It is a, not a good day for me. I've been on the phone with Microsoft all day. Do you know what that's like? <laughs> yes, I do know what that's like. I, well, I know you know, Bob. I was talking to the audience. Like, uh. Not cool. <laughs> but, um, Bob, how was your week at Overwatch? My week was awesome. I uh, I did so much. Uh, gosh, where did I even start? Uh, I grouped with our normal podcast six six deck and had a great a great time with wicked totem uh all the the normal crew i also grouped with with death with with death blow from the high nude podcast um guess what else oh saturday night i 
grouped up with the cast of Lagging Balls, which was a blast. Those those are some fun guys over there. Then I did a roundtable podcast with Overwatch today with about ten podcasters. So it's kind of a kind of a madhouse. And I'd went to a concert the night before, so I was pretty I was pretty tired in the morning and my voice was dead. So but it was a good time. Um the only thing bad this week is on my main account, tried to do six stack grouping and drop down a hundred and some SR. So <laughs> dropped down to like twenty seven hundreds and then got back up to twenty eight and I won one today with you, but that's about the worst my week has gone. Everything's been pretty fun. Yeah, I I think those those six stacks have not worked out well for us. Actually, I, I think if we hadn't six stack six stacked so much, <laughs> I probably would be in diamond by now. Yep, probably. Because um, when you get those six, six stacks at high platinum, you know, low diamond, those other six stacks you're playing against are probably teams that play together pretty frequently, or groups that play together pretty frequently. But we were getting six, six stacks of just people who were in Discord. That's uh, kind of a problem. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't really working out. Uh, they did announce the final, like the the end date for season five, which is August twenty eighth. And I looked at that and I was like, dude, I don't think I'm making it to Diamond the season, mainly because every time we played, I would be go gain SR, but only like five SR. Oh, yeah, I would have be higher than you know the 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 night before or the day before. Um, so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't too sure if I was going to make platinum or not, or I'm sorry, make diamond the last two days. I think we played a match yesterday and won and did something else. And I played a match <laughs> yep. today and we won. We won. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday we show. you went and came in grouped with the, uh, with the other podcasters, total man, wicked yeah. and Mel. And so they wanted to group up, so we got off our mains and we went and grouped with them, and it was a good time. We went five and one. Yeah, me and Wicked continued to play after actually, and I accidentally went into platinum. Like I wasn't trying to get into <laughs> platinum, and I accidentally went into platinum. So, uh, whoops. Yeah. So, I mean, don't worry. I'm not going to throw any games. I might play some solo games, <laughs> but I'm not going to throw any games. Uh, but yeah, that I, I wish I won as, as much on my main account as I do on that account. <laughs> yeah, that, well, I look at the stats on that account compared to the stats on my account on the same people, and like my Reaper, like has I mean his stat for on for on fire is like thirty five percent of the time. <laughs> oh, dude, like yeah, like on on Zarya, for example, I generally get like either. Platinum four, platinum five, you know, in uh in uh over sumo. Arissa, I'll well I'll get like, you know, master or grandmaster, but or diva, same thing, platinum four, platinum five, maybe a little lower. But on the Smurf account, dude, it's like master. Grandmasters, it's like it's like Master Zarya, Grandmaster Diva. It's so bad. It makes me feel so bad. I'm like, ah, we shouldn't be doing this. This is dirty. I know, but like it makes you it like makes you think like how accurate are those stats anyway? Like, because unless you rank them by SR range, like you're, I mean, someone like us that's on a 
account that they play to learn to other people when they do play their mains like they just destroy right yeah i mean that's kind of it also says something about the game right like you know you're only as one thing you're only as good as your team you know and if your team is doing well then you're gonna do well you know that's that's the thing and then on top of that it's like you know who are you playing against so that's that, that, that that's the kind of thing. You're like, well, even though I would say my Arista stats are pretty steady across the board, though my Arista stat, even on my main, I get like Grandmaster Arista stats. So nice. I'm proud of that. And apparently, we're gonna talk about the PTR soon. But apparently, it's gonna get way better because they're buffing Arista, even though they don't need to. But we'll um, get bunch. into all that. But you, uh, you remind me of something. So right after the round table on Saturday, uh, Deathblow. From from high noon, wicked from overplayed, Jorn, Jorn from overplayed, Squidzord, me and Mel all played on our alternate accounts, and we had this one game where we played another six, and they asked us, "Are you guys just all Smurfs?" And we were like, "No, we're alternate accounts." <laughs> or something like that but we were just like oh gosh yeah yeah i can i can see how that can be very frustrating at the low end so but actually one of the things i said is like oh when i get this when i get this smart i'm not gonna six stack that's just unfair and here i am six stacking with you guys bad influences (laughs) hey man i wasn't planning on doing it either but helps out some of our other buddies and you know that you can't really get out of those lower SRs, the really low ones, without grouping of some sort. It's just the quickest way. Yeah, that's very true. All right, well now let's actually move on to the interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, we got uh, not Rob from Omnic Lab to come on the show and talk about a couple things. Talk about Omnic Lab, how it started, where they got the idea, why they decided to go strategy, and then pick his brain on a couple other topics. So I'm not going to sit here and ramble for too long. Uh, Enjoy the interview, and we will catch you guys in a few. This is my kind of city. Lights, camera, action! All right, and we'd like to welcome our guest, Not Rob, also known as Rob May. And he's, and he's from the Omnic Lab podcast, which I know many of you have heard before. Rob, welcome. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. How you doing? Thanks for yeah, coming on. Yeah, good to have you on. Yeah. All right, I'm so excited. Rob, uh, tell, us, tell us about what you do. Tell us just a little bit about you. Okay, well, um, my name's Rob, and I play a lot of video games. Um, predominantly, in the last two and a half years i've basically just been mostly committed to about four games and those games have been mainly blizzard games and so started podcasting in hearthstone so right after like closed beta um i was finishing up my graduate school during that whole next year so i want to say around the launch of goblins versus gnomes right before the grand tournament released. I was finishing up my graduate degree in China as I got the news um, that uh, the grand tournament released and uh, I got home and a couple weeks later I got into another community and all that jazz, but um, ended up starting podcast as well and been playing a lot of Hearthstone. Then fast forward to BlizzCon where they launched, you know, 
the news about Overwatch, and I got really excited because I used to play a lot of Halo when I was in high school. So play a lot of Halo, and then that's where Omnic Lab comes in. Same people that I met with Hearthstone, I actually met Andres, my co-host, in that same community. And so we made the Omnic Lab, and we talk about strategy and teaching, and the show just kind of found a lot of people all at once and kept going and we're just riding the train all the way home so it's just what happened it it really took off and it was uh it was probably my first podcast that i subbed to in in overwatch i love it well thank you Uh, but speaking of of like you know big podcasts what was your first podcast that in that it that inspired you to you know, become a podcaster. So I found podcasts, I hate to say it like a hipster, but before they were actually a thing, um, this is back when the podcasting app actually just first rolled out in the iTunes store around the era of the 3G, I think, uh, iPhone. So it came out and I did not have an iPhone, I, but I had an iTouch. So back when they were running those as a very big popular item for high schoolers. So I had one listening to music. Um, and I used to drive an hour to go visit my girlfriend, um, back and forth on the weekends. So I needed something to fill time. I kind of got sick of the same couple CDs, you know, the drill, and then you pick up podcasts. Well, I didn't really do anything besides play wow in high school. <laughs> so naturally I found the instance and fell in love and really enjoyed the banter between Scott and Patrick. And, um, at the time, Randy Jordan, I really miss listening to Randy on the show. He was one of my favorite yeah, hosts for the, sure. The first the f- the first host is he still working for Blizzard? I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but I do know that he did have to go work for Blizzard at one stage, as did Patrick. So I was listening and finished listening before Randy made the official announcement. So that's how long the instance has been going. So this is back oh, in like forever 2006 2007 I want to say, and then stopped listening to podcasts as a whole until I got to grad school. So you have to fast forward like eight years and the future and then i started listening to the angry chicken podcast which is garrett wines are all the angry chicken garrett wines are all um jocelyn moffat and uh, my man willie and, dills and willie dills gregory that's right so those guys are big inspirations uh, yeah. for for sure yeah that was my first podcast also i was uh i was just out of college and Working a job that half the time I worked nights, and so podcasts were great because music eight hours is just I couldn't I couldn't do it. So yeah, yeah, love the instance, love everything about it. Scott's my complete hero, and the Terpster can't forget the Terp honorary member of the instance. The Terpster, heck T- yeah, man! Hoping to meet those guys at BlizzCon. Really crossing my fingers. Yeah, yeah, I know that I'll be seeing quite a few of them at the roundtable. I mean, I'm going to be on the Hearthstone panel with Garrett and um, yeah, my buddy Kenny over at Coin Concede, and uh, I can't remember who else is going to be there. There's so many podcasters going to be at the Comic uh, Storm. I think, but... I think John Horstman from That's the right. Payload is also on uh, on your your panel. I'm actually on that the the Overwatch panel with Andreas. Right. Right. So that'll be a, a good time there with Totally Drunk uh, from Heroes Never Die. There with uh, Slambo from the Cavalry and Rosh from the Payload. And yep. Chan Man V is going to be the moderator. So that's going to be right. a good time. Yeah, there's there's plenty more oh, people. And it's hard to 
just name like one or two because then everyone is like, but you didn't name me. But yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started your 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 podcast, like lots of podcasts, including the instance, uh, f- focus more on just. Uh, um, general topics rather than straight strategy. So what made you and Andreas decide to go the strategy route rather than a all-encompassing uh, podcast like this one? Yeah, that's a great question because when Andres and I first started, if there is a, a podcast, I want to say it's called Sogopod, S-O-G-O pod, where Andres was interviewed. Or it was uh, why we why we play, which is a small podcast uh, fixture by a guy in our community that wanted to interview both Andres and I. And Andres will tell the story, and his perspective of the story is very different from mine, um, which is just hilarious because Andres was already on in a Hearthstone podcast called Hearthaholics uh, with my man Brian, and so I met both of those guys in the Angry Chicken subreddit community that ran Wednesday night game nights, and that's where I also met one of my co-hosts for Balance Chosen. Eve Martin. So it's like this whole like centralized thing around Angry Chicken. The instance, you know, the instance spawns the Angry Chicken, the Angry Chicken spawns the subreddit, subreddit sponsors these guys, and they start, you know, this one, this one, this one, this one. So it's like this this weird conglomerate. But like because of my background in Hearthstone, and Andres has a super thick background in Hearthstone. He's hit legend two or three times. I've hit legend once. Granted, my time was a lot less skill intensive because I was playing Secret Paladin at the the before the curve, and I had a really refined list rather than the people that were just playing like the bananas weird, super memey fun one. Um, but anyways, that that spawned me into wanting to talk about more of the strategic aspect, and we didn't want to talk about you know we're gonna sit here and talk stats like hey the armor gain is this, and so if you're hitting somebody at this much damage, then they're not gonna like we're not gonna do that. We're gonna talk more about like how to improve. And I've always done teaching. I did lots of coaching for soccer. I did lots of, I did actually ran a couple internships for photography when I was in um, my grad program as a part of helping some of the undergrads with their, get some extra credits for extracurriculars to graduate. So I was kind of like their manager, I guess you could say. And so I just always enjoyed teaching. And I mean, I'm in Japan now as a teacher, so it kind of just fits the bill. And then Andres has always enjoyed coaching and strategy. So I thought it would be a natural fit to talk about everything to do with strategy with Overwatch. Now, when we first started, you probably can go back in the archives and realize that we're still trying to get our feet wet. And we're trying to start with some big broad brush and get our our back stuff, our, our backlog built before game launch. So we talk about the roles as a whole. So like not just um, DPS. We talk about like offense and defense and, you know, the, the group of he- heroes and like how they synergize and some generic things that you want to be aware of. But as we move forward, we started seeing, you know, they something something clicked at one point. We had a one or two really good episodes right after the game launched and the show exploded. And it was just like people started up playing Overwatch. They're like, I want to find everything. YouTube, you know, YouTube, podcast, music, whatever. They're just going full tilt in Overwatch because they love it. And it just so happened that a lot of the people wanted to learn a little bit more about the game and how to play better. So they they jump in right in us and they, you know, they take the bait and they're in. And I don't know. I just thought it was really smart from a marketing side. Um, but at the same time, it's like Andres and I sat down. We're like, if we're going to do a podcast, what do we want to do? It's like, what are we passionate about in the game? We're not just passionate about the game. And 
the weird thing is almost every show that you go to in any space is traditionally a little bit more casual or too hardcore. There's not really a good middle ground. And on top of that, when they're doing the, the strategy, what happens is people start getting too good. You know what I mean? Like you start transitioning your game to the point where eventually both of you are in GM or eventually you're in masters and you can't really teach, you know, too far below your, your cut um, without having a significant gap in the margin of explaining to like bronze and silver players, for example. Well, and that is, I mean, that's crazy because I began watching everything from your, your overwatch, overwatch central stylosa. But now I'm more like Overwatch Dojo, Skyline. I'm like looking for the really like in-depth guides. You don't want the cliff notes than, anymore. Yeah, rather than your 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 basics, which I love those other guys. I just tend to like use my time more for people like Skyline, who uh that was one of the really good episodes you guys did pretty early on. Uh, and we, we just had recently him on twice, had yeah. him on too. And he's awesome, man. I mean, he really dives deep and says stuff that you just hadn't even thought of. Yeah. And the the last but, uh, thing that I'll say about that, Bob, is to go along with what you said about Skyline is I, I think we talked about Sky with Skyline in pre-show or post-show about this, but we were just saying how when people sit down to do anything beyond VOD coaching, um, if you're trying to learn to effectively play games that require team skill in general, like twos, threes, fours, five, sixes um, in those dynamics, or even bigger like soccer, right? Oh, yeah, you have 11 or football where you have a bazillion because I can never keep counting how many people you need in football, but that, that requires long form to be good. Like if you're not describing something in long form or covering it in long form, you're just you don't have enough time to cover everything like we've said many times like even in just doing an hour podcast where we just recap news introduce the guest do a quick like 10 minute interview and then we blitz like i i feel rushed the entire like hour and a half you know what i mean and yep i do exactly and it's like you you can't cover everything and on top of that when you look at the youtube videos like the guy that we had on I'll give you a little insider information. If you guys want to listen to the most popular episode on Omnic Lab, it's the one with Faulty Lid Gaming on Tracer. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the current meta and Tracer just never is bad. Um, but mm-hmm. Faulty Lid is an insane Tracer and an insane teacher. And what he's done is he gives you the bite-sized segments where instead of giving you the cliff notes, he gives you the in-depth, but he segments, uh, seg- segments it into positioning, navigation, finding things, target prioritization, uh, aiming, you know, like all kinds of different things, blinks and management on your resources, stuff like that. So I think that if you're going to do short form, you got to break it up from what you would normally do in long form and then segment it. I think that's the most effective two ways to talk about Overwatch. And so because I'm, I'm of the opinion that that's what, how it works, that's what we ended up doing um, to give you the TLDR. But <laughs> Gotcha. Well, uh, so one thing I'm curious about is you are arguably the the biggest Overwatch podcast out there. There's one that sits that sits a little above you, but they release every two weeks, so they are bound to get more more downloads. 
what's it like? Like, what's it like to to be on the the top, try and stay on the top? It's is it is it stressful? Is it crazy? Are you blown away? Like, give us something on it. I mean, Andres and I still don't feel, you know, this. I guess the the best way to say it is like you're kind of just disenfranchised, like it's not real. Um, I mean, we're not popular to to get put it that way. Like, I know that, you know, you hit the thousand marker on Twitter, and then kind of the rest just doesn't matter, like anymore. Like, I hit a thousand on Twitter, I was like, oh, that's cool, but I mean, I, the, my other peers that are supposedly, you know, just as popular, if not more popular than I am, in other game categories. Um, are way more popular um, in just their community involvement. So what I've been trying to do is trying to dive deep into our, our Discord community, which is actually just insanely big. And it... Huge. Um, like, we don't like to talk about how many exact members are in the Discord, but it's in the thousands. Like, we have a couple thousand in there. Um, and... I will tell you that there are a lot of lurkers, but there's that with anything. So uh, that being said, like we have a whole like sub community of bronze and silver players that are called the test noobs. And one of my diamond patrons just made it up. And so basically if somebody <laughs> comes in and types, Hey, I'm trying to look for somebody in bronze or low silver we're trying to climb, you know, any of those guys in that little group, they have their own private channel that you don't have access to unless you're a low um, elo player. And they'll be like, hey, I'll give you the role. We got some, they're like mini admins. They only have admins for their thing. And then they have a sub discord that I was a part of. And I actually just left it today because I couldn't manage it at all. And I didn't realize I was doing anything with it. So what we ended up doing was just like letting those guys cut loose. And it's really cool. Like there's just some little pockets in the community and it's, it's really hard. But what we're trying to do is in the communities is just like make it so that it doesn't feel huge. We try to give that vibe off when we're doing the podcast. Like we have big guests. We want to make sure that people know you're important, but we don't want to like, <laughs> we don't want to sell ourselves as like, Hey dude, we're a big deal. It's like, we don't want to be a big deal. We want people to feel welcome and able to engage Andres and I just because we don't reply within like 10 minutes doesn't mean we're not there. You know, we're, we'll, we'll talk to you. <laughs> well, I, um, I do have my own personal experience with that, uh, when I first began the the game, it was the first time I had played a first person shooter since pretty much Halo Two, uh, and I, the first time I had played a a PC shooter since Quake Four, something like that, Quake Three maybe. Um, and I jumped in your your Discord, and I I remember telling my wife, "Hey, I think we can maybe find some people to group up with in this, you know, podcast." discord then i got in there and i was too afraid to talk yep that actually was the same story of one of my admin and he ended up becoming an admin later on because he talked once and then everybody's like oh hey (laughs) and then like wrote its own story it's so crazy how uh how like it's scary to to begin and like now you know a year later i'm talking in, in discord's everywhere and everyone's super nice super inviting people don't fight i mean it's people debate without getting mad i mean it's 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 a really good community i think the overwatch uh at least discord podcasts uh community 
Oh, but okay, so getting to the game. Uh, what do you think about about Blizzard's approach to competitive balance? This is a. I know it's kind of broad. This is a very yeah. Well, I mean, this is a question that everybody likes to talk about, and Andres and I have maybe dipped our toe into this maybe once. I think we had one show where we talked about this in at length about. Not necessarily what we think about how Blizzard should do it, but kind of what we have as kind of key indicators as to what they are currently doing. For me personally, I am of the opinion of if I don't like something, I can voice my opinion and I can give that in a constructive way so that people listen and not insert any, like, I mean, I, 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 I know that negativity is there. I don't want to be the negative dude, but if something's negatively affecting me, I need to let them know it's my responsibility as a player to say, this is not enjoyable for me, but it's not my responsibility as a player to call somebody out in the carpet as not knowing what they're doing and that the, the X and Y and Z are broken and the game's busted and I'm not going to play it anymore. It's like, well, that they wouldn't give you the time of day about your opinion. If they're if you're going to frame it that way. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. It's like, if I'm going to be told constructive feedback, why don't I just tell myself that what I want to, how I would like to hear it and then use that as my filter to send it over to Blizzard. And then from that, so what from that point, oh, sorry. No, no, it's okay. From that point is when I let go of my opinion or rather let go of my, I guess, understanding that Blizzard is going to do something about it. Because if if it's big enough issue and more people are voicing that and it's not just confirmation bias, like there's actually like stats backing that up or lots of other people that just feel bad in that moment and Blizzard thinks that, okay, well, maybe we can try it, then they'll do it. But otherwise, you're stuck with the game you got. And the fact that they patched the game at all is great. you know. So for me, it's like I'm going to learn the game and learn what's good and learn what's strong and play my, my outs and play the stuff that I enjoy that also is good. And use that as my frame of balance check. I think that Blizzard's approach is a very different conversation than how I, as a player and as a content creator, are affected by that. I like to inform people. So for me, it's kind of like this is exactly what's going on and what is being rolled out in balance. And we think that this could affect things in a certain way. So you might want to make an adjustment. Not Blizzard, you suck. Or Blizzard, this is great. Now I can play Junkrat forever. and always into the church of cap cap please you know well what you're what you're <laughs> kind of talking about is uh is problem with the internet as a whole where people present their opinions as if they were as if they were uh, uh complete facts and a lot of people do that and instead of it being an opinion they try and say it's the way it is um but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Ja, go well, the thing about um, the thing about game balance is that uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's it was always a it's oh actually any competitive game you get into game balance is going to be a topic obviously, but it's become more of a heated topic recently mainly because of all of uh, you've got a lot of streamers pro players leaving the scene. This is the whole well, Overwatch is dying conversation that people are having. And um, yeah, I roll my eyes at it every time. But the re- one of the core aspects of that conversation is that a lot of people believe that since, because it's not necessarily an opinion, it's Blizzard's come out straight up and said that 
when they balance a character, it's not necessarily about balance. It could be about pers- like player perspective. Like I think Roadhog is a huge uh, example of that, right? Where you know lower end players, or not lower end players, but you know players in lower tiers were you know always complaining that the one shot kill wasn't fair. When there are things you can do to avoid it, you know, uh, Roadhog has loud footsteps to kind of like warn you that he's on the way or, you know, now the fact that Symmetra has a seven meter beam when that's really not necessary, you know, like so a lot of that has to do a player perspective versus what actually happened, what actually needs to be balanced in the game. So Blizzard is doing this thing where they're trying to balance it for competitive. Uh, which is going to make the game harder at lower levels, but they're also trying to make the fit game feel good at lower levels so that it's more um, um, approachable, you know. And I can I can understand both perspectives. So I guess like it's like how like you know do you feel that this is the good route that should take? Because obviously, making the game accessible means you have more players coming in. It means there's more life in the game. Period. But it, that's kind of at the expense of competition like you you know if you make something easier for the low end it can be exploited at the high end but then if you tighten things up for the high end it's going to make it harder for low end players it's going to change the uh the uh the skill curve you know gonna yeah, make yeah, it a lot harder for lower end players to come through so i guess that's that's more of the the question here is like how do you feel about how blizzard actually approaches you know game balance not not necessarily whether or not the game is balanced or not you know but how they mm. approach game balance you know how they interpret it right or the yeah, interpret player right. feedback, I think, is way more important, right? Um, I mean, I feel like Blizzard's doing a fairly decent job, if you're looking for that, too. Because you've got heroes like Sombra that released and nobody thought she was good. And you're like, dude, she's the CP queen, dog. And, like, we <laughs> took us this long to figure it out. It's like, I don't trust any of these, you know... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let me come back a little bit. My my passion's getting a little too much here, but um, <laughs> I don't really like trusting these pro <laughs> players that are just inherently like, oh my gosh, X Y Z sucks. Never play. If Arissa's in my games, I can't stand it. You know, like I get it if they want to meme or they want to make a joke or they're like half player hate because I hated Sombra. I still hate Sombra. I think that it's like I hated Sombra too. I was like Sombra is like a balanced spy from TF2. And that is the only thing I hated about TF2 as a spy. I was like, if something has stealth, I will never enjoy that in the game. I just can't. It's like, I hated rogues in Warcraft. (laughs) I don't even enjoy playing rogue that runs stealth. I don't like the miracle archetype. I was an oil rogue player when it comes to Hearthstone because you could just throw the weapons and spin the blades and, you know, go crazy. But, um... I just don't like the stealth mechanics. And again, I wasn't even a support main in any game until I played Overwatch, which is the most ironic thing because I played like, you know, SWAT BRs and snipers in Halo. And then now I can't play Widow for Falls. I only pinch pick her when I'm sick of dealing with Ferris and teammates that can't shoot her. Um, So like Mm -hmm. when it comes to balance, you have nowhere else to look besides Ana. I think Ana is the prime example of how Blizzard is balancing the game in a proper way. Because what happens is Ana is introduced, people are like, why is this good? I want to shoot enemies and allies. So I have somebody sh- picking a healer like Zenyatta that has a really high healing potential and then shooting everybody on the enemy team. Like, why is this any good? And then people started slowly realizing Ana might be useful if she stops shooting the enemies. And then they're like, oh my word, Ana can't do anything with this grenade 
or Anna can't do anything with X, Y, or Z. Why can't we do use her? And so they're like, <sighs> Blizzard, the big Blizzard sigh. They're like, okay, we'll we'll give her a little bit more. And then everybody's like, OMG, busted. Blade, Beyblade meta's too strong. It's like, it's kind of nerf, like Blizzard sitting nerf, on their nerf, back, nerf. That, their back foot. They're <laughs> like, we tried to tell you, this is what you wanted. So here you go. It's like. It's like you have the cookie jar syndrome, right? It's like you, he give you this huge jar of cookies to go eat in moderation and enjoy it. But it's like when you when you don't when you take away moderation, you give them a little too much. It's just like boom, they're gonna get sick and puke on the carpet. It's like it just yeah. It's like you can't do that. And then what happens? Then you have people that are Ana mains when it's super busted, like myself. I switched to Mer- from Mercy to Ana for that whole season three after she got super strong, and um, Blizzard like nerfs the grenade and the damage and all that and changes it. And this is after she's already undergone like two different changes on, you know, the ultimate taking away the speed and then the overall healing from the grenade. Right. So now she's in actually like a pretty balanced place. And if you look, I think if you look at what she released with, like all of the release stats, and then you go to what her current model is right now, this is a little bit under what her release was. So even on release, Ana was more so powerful too. than she is right now, which is yep. appalling. You know what I mean? Because right. that that that's that's a lot of telltale signs, and I feel I feel like people just don't understand when when you have a limited hero pool. If you introduce something that is unique, like the grenade, where it heals and shuts off healing, or stealth, um, or Orisa's like weird stuff, they can be very powerful in <laughs> certain circumstances. And Orisa's real good on a couple two CP spots, man. Like super good with Torbs that know what they're doing. Well, I think it it boils down to the majority of the gaming population wants just an answer, and so they look to the the meta, and they they don't really want to think outside of the box. And I get that because it it wasn't until hundreds of hours played of Overwatch. That I was able to think about, uh, you know, about picking the right picks to counter the other team. Like I was just trying to think about playing the the game and knowing what I was supposed to do in in my just little, you know, job. It's just such a complicated game. Ja, so, did that answer your question yeah. at all, Ja? Or you want to keep? Yeah, going I mean, I, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that answers the question. It's just, um, I don't know. I feel like because you, you're right, like Blizzard. You can tell what the 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 perspective nerfs, right? The Symmetra, the Roadhog, for example, um, that they tried so hard not to make those changes, right? And everything that they did, people were just like, "No, it's not enough. It's not enough. They're not enough." They knew that people wanted Roadhog to lose his one shot kill ability, right? And they're trying to not make that change, but people keep pushing for it. I think Blizzard, they, they may need to put their foot down a bit more, kind of like they did with D.Va after that set of changes made her not a must pick. You know, when she couldn't just dive into a group, kill two healers, and then fly out of it anymore. There were mega 400 armor change of death. That was yeah, awful. Like the, the, there were mega threads on mega threads on mega threads of people trying to force Blizzard to put that back in the game, and Blizzard's just like, no. And I think yeah. that if they put their I mean, people their raging down. about Bastion, like the yeah. Diva change is way worse. 
Oh yeah, way worse. Because when you have heroes exactly. like Ana that are just like, I can just lull shoot you. I don't have to grenade that that stuff. Like she can stay alive forever. Yeah, and like if they just put their foot down, like they did, like they did after they fixed that, I think yeah. that players would just come to accept it. Like I don't think you're getting players dropping out of Overwatch now because they can't play Diva the way they used to. They finally got used yeah. to it now. It was like it, you know. I think a lot of the players too to kind of close on this topic if we want to move on or we can stay on it if you guys want but like if what what folks don't recognize is if people fail to be creative in the pro scene it's not that their whining is going to get them anywhere unless Blizzard changes to listen to them if that makes sense so right. let me frame it this way if I'm a McCree main like Taimu for example but I am like I can only play you know Widow and McCree and I'm just saying, hey, these two heroes that counter me are way too oppressive. Whether that's completely true or completely false, if Blizzard listens and makes the change and makes that player good, their relevancy increases or at worst stays the same. And if Blizzard doesn't listen and they say, I'm out, or they continue to struggle, they keep playing, their relevancy maybe stays the same at best, or a good thing. Well, I guess at best you you just adapt and then you get better, right? But then like yeah. if you don't adapt, then you just get worse. And what ends up happening in those situations is either the coaches or the teams of the club say your relevancy is out. You're gonna either get benched or you're out. Which means those players are getting replaced. People aren't dying in the game. I mean, any game that you say is quote unquote dying. They're just cycling. There's just going to be a new face that replaces you. It will forever be this way. If a game is popular, if a game has at least a million players, it's enough to have a pro scene. It's not going to be a massive scene, but it might be still a pro scene. You know what I mean? Like any small yeah. game has some sort of pro scene, even speedrunners and Sonic and Portal, you know, like they exist. So it's like yeah. there's always going to be a something. But if OWL wants to succeed, now we have a talking point. You know what I mean? But it's like. Yeah. If OWL gets to explode like League of Legends, I think that, again, the player relevancy is just going to cycle because it just gives new opportunities to new players. So if you're not going to be competitive and you're going to sit there and whine instead of adapt and be creative, that's your biggest enemy is not, you know, like whining at Blizzard. I feel like there is a time and a place to whine. There is always a time and a place to whine. But in moderation and you want to say your piece and get out. And you right. can even say it regularly. But if you're saying it like day in and day out and before Q, after Q, and you're raging in the forums and not even a constructive feedback kind of a way, you're like, lol, Roadhog's broken, hashtag balanced, and then you just do that every day to the meme, or you pull a Defran and just start throwing games. I mean, the lack of creativity in Overwatch is appalling to me. It's just like, guys, just please, for the love of God, say 5 DPS is fine and just try it. Who cares if you lose a little bit of a rank? It's one game. How many games do you have to win to get out of plat, dude? A lot. Suck it up. It's one game. Well, I think I think I think Overwatch is just Overwatch like League of Legends, you know, has a lot of change quickly, and that's not like a lot of older games that we've had for years, especially first-person shooters. So, I think that I think that could you know, could be the problem. People are learning to to adapt to that people are just entitled oh, well, uh, in general <laughs> yeah yep that's our that's our that's our culture um <laughs> so we know about the 
Omnic Lab. We know about about your Hearthstone podcast, Felons Chosen. Uh, are there any other projects you're working on? Yeah, there's a little one that I'm doing right now. It's really new. It's only got two episodes, but it's just me um, talking about stuff that's not Hearthstone, that's not Overwatch. It's just kind of like general content creation, general um, culture things will potentially come up. It's kind of just like whatever I want to talk about right now. It's been Burnout was the last episode, and the first one was kind of like just not really being afraid of doing content as a whole. It kind of is like the big gist and like trying to stay positive while you're doing it. Um, just some tips and tricks about kind of like a go ahead, kind of like a a a blog, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a blog, but I I just wanted to do a lot less impact, and I wanted to give it in bite size. So like half an hour is kind of like my big cutoff. I try to make sure that I don't go long longer than that. Um, some of the topics could totally be easier or shorter. Um, but it's called Concept Craft. It's kind of a generic name for a generic show. So if you guys are looking at Watchpoint Radio or any 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 other project you want to run, if it's an auditory video video or both, or you're just trying to improve as a gamer, I feel like it could be useful to you, depending on what you're trying to do. But um, again, it's something I'm doing for me. I'm not doing it for anybody else. It's kind of like if if I want to talk about something, it's more like I can. I think somebody can find this useful. So and I and I want to talk about it. And my opinions are my opinions, and I don't have another outlet to go discuss it with people. And I hate scheduling we're more than two shows in japan so forget about it i'll just do it myself <laughs> you know it's kind of like a, just another hobby well that kind of leads me to my next question you're living in in japan where everyone speaks a language you're not super familiar with uh is podcasting kind of your main outlet to talk to other people in english for sure um, there are, I want to say if I, if I looked it up right now, it would probably be accurate to say that in my prefecture, which is basically, if you want a size comparison, it's about 15 times smaller in square mileage than Indiana and Indiana. Like if you wanted to take Indiana and put that home state, my home state in Japan, you could fit Indiana into Japan's four times. So that's kind of like the general size, but the population density is only about a sixth of the size to give you an idea. And it's even more concentrated than what it sounds because Indiana is a flat rural thing. And Yamaguchi or my prefecture is a extremely mountainous and rural region. So where, where there are pockets of people, they're super densely populated Um, to give you, to give you just like a little scope. But, at my school, I have a couple of teachers that I can talk to. I have a visit school. I have a couple of teachers I can talk to, lesson plan, hang out with. We have what's called an Enkai or a party, like a teacher party that they'll do every once in a while. And I try to go to those as much as I can, bring my Google Translate and work on practicing some of my Japanese as well. But I am trying to learn the language. It's, it's coming real slow. Um, the first thing that always comes is like, things that are necessary, which is always going to be food and transport. So those are the first couple of things that we've been trying to learn. Um, yeah, you don't have the same candy bars there, right? Not all of the same, no. Like, I definitely miss my Take Fives and my Rolos from the States because um, those are my, my good old convenience store. But the convenience stores here are amazing. 
you can live off of convenience store here. It's not like CVS where you get nasty stuff. Like they'll, they'll have like nice fully formed meals that they'll heat up in like a convection super speed microwave, kind of like the ones they have at Subway. Um, so you can get like a super nice Japanese style food dish and that be your dinner and it only costs you like four bucks. So it's it sounds like Wawa over here. I live in yeah, the, it's uh, a lot like Wawa. It's a lot like yeah, okay. Wawa. <laughs> okay. But the See, food got, isn't uh, all bad for you. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like that, but it's almost like you have to you have to remember a lot of the food that they have at these things called convenience stores in the states are called kombini, which is the katakana or the Japanese translated form of shortening convenience to kombini. Um. But I'm kind of getting away from the, the question here, so I don't want to <laughs> go too far down this rabbit trail. But yeah, like podcasting is podcasting and talking to my wife are the two things that keep me sane. Um, I mean, we had we had a couple other personal things going on where we were trying to get to a church and things are just kind of not really working out for us there because it's it's geared for Japanese people. It's not geared for foreigners. I mean. When you when you do anything in Japan, it should be geared for the people here. It should be geared for you know the people that are outsiders. So it's it, that's that's what's tough. Um, but the ALTs or the assistant language teachers also try to do events too. We'll try to go to those as well. But unfortunately, our first year here, there were a lot of people that didn't really align with for whatever reason. I I, I try to not say too much, but like it, it, they were just not really good people to be friends with. Um in general, or they didn't really have anything mo- more motivating than just going out and drinking and screwing around with people on the weekends. And like for me, when they want to go do those sort of things, I'm, I'm stuck at home um, doing a show or they want to do something at a certain time. And it's like, well, I have to, you know, I have to podcast at noon and you guys want to go to the pitch and play soccer. I'd like, I would love to go do that, but if you could wait two hours, I could come by. Um, so generally it is really rough. I will tell you that. Like it, it's it's. There are weeks where it's just like, I feel like during my day working hours, if I'm not teaching in class or prepping for classes or talking with my teachers, I'm like sitting with my bento from lunch and typing on a laptop some show notes and trying to schedule people in Discord. I mean, that's like, that's just every every week for me. Um, at least for one of the shows for for Hearthstone, it's way better. I think. Um, the show's smaller. A lot smaller <laughs> and um my co-hosts are fantastic i got a lady uh, eve's from eve's from canada and then grant um is from texas my, my previous host was from colorado and he's now in what well, was in oklahoma moved back and actually is now taking over another podcast called the happy hearthstone which their host got hired on to blizzard's quest design team <laughs> so he asked andrew if he wanted to take over nice and we had a lot of internal stuff and he says i think it's best for my family for our move and for josh and everyone if i take this and i was like hey go for it dude so we pulled on grant and we haven't looked back we're actually gonna try to get andrew back on we're gonna do four cast i think four person cast in the beginning of september with all the hosts back with a fresh new expansion it'll be a lot of fun but yeah i i do miss people <laughs> for sure <laughs> i just actually subbed to 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 Valid's chosen a few weeks ago per your suggestion, and I just gave you a five star review. Yeah, we shouted you out. I posted the show yesterday, so thanks for that. Appreciate it. No problem, man. It's a fun it's show. A good show. All right. Well, uh, the most important question: We know you main supports, but who's your favorite hero? 
Hanzo. Me too. Me too. What's your uh, What's your favorite Hanzo skin? Sorry, I love Hanzo. Mm, like I use the most current one, which from the event, which is like the cyborg ninja one that kind of makes him look a little that's bit like Kakashi from Naruto. But uh, I think it's just the best one that we have right now. There's all there seems to be just something with all of the skins that I just don't like. So do you want a Super Saiyan Hanzo skin? No, but I want a Super Saiyan Doomfist. I think that would be great. Oh wow! But he'd have hair. Well, Nappa didn't have hair. Just hit. Like, oh just, snap! There just, you can just, just freaking his nap with that. Or Piccolo? <laughs> oh snap! Just give me a nail, a nail version. Oh. I'm getting juice thinking about it. That'd be sweet. I'm a huge DBZ fan. You guys don't know what like, can of worms he opened. <laughs> I just watched the most recent super, so I'm all caught up. Mm. I actually haven't caught uh, caught that yet. Uh, I haven't found a good uh, good medium to watch it because I'll I really get you a video feed. After I know. The show. <laughs> I know I'm horrible, but I like dubbed. And I like the guys that that dubbed uh, DBZ a lot. And I don't know if no, they I have that version out yet. I, I only oh, watch it because I got to stay up to date. Ja, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. No, I was going to say the, the dubbed version the, of Super uses different actors. It's not the same people. Actually, <sighs> not they all re-dubbed. the same people. Some of them are. Yeah, they re- yeah, some of them. But like Goku and Vegeta, totally different. Uh, even though they try, they try to sound like they did before. They changed like, their voice, right? Yeah, and like they redubbed DBZ with the newer actors, and it just didn't come through. It didn't come through well. Not oh, to for mention, Kai. To, well, yeah, for Kai, they, they also changed some of the dialogue. So, like, the dialogue is actually less aggressive on the last redubbed oh, right. DBZ, and and I yeah. and I wonder if they did the same thing for Super because it's like I know there's like a part where. It's like when uh when Goku comes out of the hyperbolic time chamber and Vegeta's talking about going back in and Goku's like, I don't need to go back in. And in Kai, he kind of hints that he's stronger than Vegeta, right? He hints at it. It's a lot of under at, the yeah. Yeah, but like before that, like the cause I actually have the dubs before that, like sitting right here. And he I mean, was like super direct. He's like Yeah, he was like, No, I am more powerful than you. And Vegeta gets like livid. And it's like the, it's a it's a less aggressive oh, straight like, out of the translation. Manga. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The, with, so Kai and I don't know about Super because I haven't watched it yet, but the voices were kind of putting me off the Super to be honest with you. Yeah. But. Now I'll tell you something interesting to close DBZ stuff because I know that and nobody yeah. wants to talk about this. But if you guys want to talk DBZ <laughs> and you can work with the schedule, then uh, you let me know and I'll, we'll make a show. We'll do something. But um. <laughs> Like something if you want to know about DBZ is that the guy who does Goku in Frieza and Cell Saga and Boo Saga is one of the greatest English voice actors that we have in America. Like the dude is a legend. He's so good at making a fun character equally as serious and you can't get that in the Japanese version. I feel like there are a few actors that are way better in the dub. Um, and Gohan is one of them. Piccolo's voice actor is insane. Um, Master Roshi is amazing as well. And um, I actually really like Tien's voice actor, even though he doesn't get a lot of screen time. Tien's voice actor is really good in English. 
um, and Android 18. But in if you watch in the, the Japanese version, there's a guy who plays Frieza. And this guy is a freaking legend. Like, this guy does the voice for Frieza. Kurotsuchi, who is the poison-centered Bleach captain in Bleach. He is also Anpanman's villain in Anpanman, uh, which is like a kid's show. And Piccolo and, and like this guy have like a fusion character in One Punch Man, and he does that character as well in One Punch. And he does the character... He does another big anime. I think he also plays in like Gintama maybe, but the dude is insane. He has the most instantly recognizable sound to his voice and he's so like maniacal um like there's there's stickers here for a line which is kind of like discord and kind of like like group chat or whatever and the way that he sounds is like this like so desune is is the japanese way of saying oh really <laughs> he goes like so desune like that's exactly how he sounds he's a legend <laughs> that's pretty good he's so good but anyways um when it comes to skins and, and heroes and stuff, there are a lot of really good skins. Honestly, I think the best skin in the game is the one they just gave Mercy. Um, that is just like event, you know, hero and synergizing, like with all of the different lore and the backstory, like that is just perfect to me. Um, but when it comes to Hanzo, the reason I like Hanzo is because A, he has a younger brother. I have a younger brother. B, uh, their backstory is like very similar to my brother and my backstory where like we didn't really get along growing up very well. Not to the point where I killed him, but you know what I mean? I was like, you like, trying to kill your younger brother? <laughs> no, 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 no. I have to, I have to do the disclaimer cause I ain't, I ain't that mean, but you know what I mean? Like I had a kind of a yeah. conflict. So I connect with him a lot on that. And on top of that, like there are a lot of stuff that I did that I kind of regret and felt like that was a big impediment for me as a, an adult to kind of grow up. And that was, that's also within Hanzo's current struggle right now. And on top of that, like I studied Japanese culture in grad school for my cross-cultural studies degree. And man, they did so much work. If you want to go back in on the backlogs of Omnic Lab, there's a show that we mention when the twin dragons, um, what's it called? Cinematic. The cinematic uh, yeah. release. Uh, it's called we talked about the Dragons, culture in it. it, and it's really, really gripping. Um, the story there. So, I feel like Hanzo is just from a lore perspective. I'm using the bow. I love the bow, man. That's so cool. And I've always enjoyed archery, even though I'm not that great at it. I think it's super fun. So Hanzo's my man uh, from a story perspective. Even my Discord icon is actually me as Hanzo. I had a, my my friends, my my wife's one of my wife's best friends is an artist and drew that for me and put my face on it. So it's kind of like a fusion of me and Shikamaru from um from Naruto and um Hanzo. So for what it's worth, there you go. Nice <laughs> little DBZ hype train for yeah. you. <laughs> That's awesome, and you kind of gave me goosebumps because it's a very similar story to me and my my younger brother and boy do i know what you're talking about about regretting things but kids will be kids yeah and kids are very mean as long as they can't find the body who cares (laughs) (laughs) until you done goofed as a robot (laughs) well rob we thank you so much for coming on and uh we're gonna close up now but uh 
Where can where can people find Rob May? If you guys want to find anything that I do, you can head over to my Twitter. It's probably the best way to find me, contact me, whatever. It's just at not Rob. Uh, if you want to find the shows, the best way to find Hearthstone is called Velen's Chosen. Velen's Chosen is an old card in, in Goblins vs. Gnomes that we named our show after, but it's called V-E-L-E-N-S-C-H-O-S-E-N. Go to velenschosen.com slash links. You can find anything you want to find for that show. And the same protocol for Omnic Lab. Omnic Lab is O-M-N-I-C-L-A-B.com slash links. If you want to find Concept Craft, there's a pinned tweet at the top of my thing, but that's just conceptcraft.lipson.com, I think, or something like that. Just search Concept Craft. You'll probably find it in Google somewhere. Maybe not Google, but maybe your podcasting app. I think that's basically yeah, it for it's, me. Yeah, it's on iTunes. Yeah, it's somewhere in there. Concept Craft will pull it right up. All right, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you guys and all the other podcasts that I've been able to be privileged to help out with this week. Yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, go listen to Watchpoint Radio. Give them a five-star iTunes review, please. Give them some visibility. What? (laughs) We've been we've been getting a lot as of late, which is really cool. Awesome. So keep it up, guys. (laughs) Oh, thanks again. All right. Thank you. Oh, that'll do fine. I'd like to thank not Rob for the uh, for coming by and uh, you know doing the interview with us. You know, shoot the shit with us for a little bit. You know, talk to us about Omnic Lab and his thoughts on a couple Overwatch topics. And just to let you know, like we, I, I'm pretty sure it was about an hour after the after we recorded that we were still talking about anime, specifically Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> we talked about a bunch of stuff. I've been catching up on all the YouTube videos on uh, on Corridor Digital, which he put me on to i've been watching those and loving those yeah so once again it it was it was a had a really good time with that interview and i would like to have him again you know sometime so uh but let's go ahead and move into the ptr report ptr report all right so there wasn't much happening this week in Overwatch. I mean, we don't even have a weekly update this week, which is usually that's the thing we definitely have. I heard the weekly updates, but we do not have that today. Um, but the biggest uh, piece of news that happened last week is that there were updates to the PTR. Um, one being a pretty big surprise. I mean, some of the things we're going to talk about, we kind of knew were on the way. But I think a, a pretty big surprise was Deathmatch. Something that, you know, Kaplan and team said they weren't really interested in doing because they didn't think they would be able to do it that well. But, you know, thanks to the arcade, you can kind of do anything you want, test it out, see uh, how it goes. Uh, now, Bob, you had a chance to play Deathmatch. How'd, how'd you like it? I, I did. I actually played I played team, team Deathmatch just a little bit for a couple hours with Wicked, Mel, and Rob uh, late Thursday night. After they recorded Overplayed, and then that was really cool. I mean, I initially thought it was going to be dumb, but it was, I mean, I all I have to say is it was really cool. It was nonstop action. You could respawn almost immediately, like three, like three seconds. I kept actually forgetting to change characters because you would, you would respawn so quick. Uh, and... The, you know, hero 
synergies went really well together and it just felt like you were on a like basically 3v3 with an extra person it kind of felt right uh it kind of felt more right than than 3 than 3v3 does uh that was great but then i played free for all death uh death match on saturday and that was not really i mean it was fun don't get me wrong but I don't see how it could be a mode that would keep you busy for hours because it got really annoying after you do like 85% damage to one person. You're about to get that last shot and then someone comes around the corner and shoots him in the ass. And you're like, dude, well, that's my kill. That's deathmatch. I mean, like, I, that's know. Have, and, that's and death I just don't like deathmatch, <laughs> I guess. Like, I, I didn't like that in games prior. Like, I always like team death match more anyhow, even back when, you know, everybody just had a a gun. So I don't know. You don't get anything for assists. And I mean every game I was like number one or two in assists, but you know, middle of the road and kills. So well, you, I don't know. you gotta play those characters that get you those final blows. Yeah, I guess I didn't really i pretty much just played as many characters as possible the most luck that i had was with hanzo because scatter arrow into three of them somebody's gonna die bullshit yeah exactly it's bullshit it's always (laughs) (laughs) well but when hanzo's playing in a normal game you know he gets a couple kills and then people are looking for him like Hanzo in free for all, he just comes around. These three people are fighting; they don't know anything about Hanzo, and Hanzo just gets the kills and runs off. So, but I mean, there was a lot. Uh, Farah seems pretty good in free for all, just because so much damage. Anything with a with with AOE, I did pretty good with Junkrat. Didn't do very good with Doomfist though. No, it, it was not his. It was not his uh, thing. <laughs> Yeah, without backup, he's not really the type of character that can go in by himself and, you know, fuck shit up, you know? <laughs> yeah, in the normal game, too. He's a little, he needs a little support. I, don't know, I wasn't really excited about Deathmatch because Overwatch is built as a as a team game. I mean, the characters purposefully aren't, aren't balanced to the point where you could be any character and kill another character. You're going to have disadvantages using certain characters. So I think that automatically is going to lock certain characters out of deathmatch, right? Um, out of yeah, out of free for all. I I could see him working in team. I mean, you could probably find team, a ton team of is a little different. different. You're right. Teams. Team deathmatch is definitely a bit different. Um, but still, I mean, that, that tells me, like you know, if your primary objective is just to get kills, there's really only so many characters you're gonna you know use in the first place. So, uh, I mean, Team Deathmatch definitely does add a bit more, um, you know, it, it widens who you can use a little bit more, but I can still see a, a, a lot of Bastion. <laughs> <laughs> Bastion, I didn't really see a whole a whole lot of Bastion. Uh, saw a ton of different, seems like AOE characters, splash damage characters were really popular. Uh, see, I would imagine, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just kind of thinking out loud. Go ahead. I would, I would imagine you see a lot of Bastion, mainly, mainly because he has survivability. He has damage. You know, he can get in and out of a fight. I mean, as long as you're not constantly just trying to go into turret mode, 
you know, only using turret mode at, you know, at good opportunities, like you said with Hanzo, right? So Hanzo comes around and does a scatter shot. Bastion, he comes around the corner, there's three people fighting there. He has a good chance of mowing all three people down before they can kill him. If you use him, a right. lot. But go ahead. Yeah, true. We had a lot of people playing Roadhog. Oh, yeah? Because in the PTR, the Roadhog changes are in. So yes. I was so confused at the beginning when we started when I'm just seeing Roadhog's fat ass run off and he's just like eating his fruit, just going, <laughs> taking his gas or whatever. I'm like, what's going on? And then it's clicked. Oh. Yeah. The mobile alt, alt, uh, alt battery now? Like <laughs> He looks funny when he's running with it, too. He's like, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> he's trying to not give you alt charge as he runs away. <laughs> uh, so it looks like was it um it's uh, regular death match is twenty points, but team death match is thirty points max. Yes. All right. Yes, and, and the maps are weird too. Yeah, and, and Mercy Res takes away points. Like whoever got killed, you get those points removed. Yeah, of course, you can't use it in free-for-all, but in team death match, if she reses three, you actually see the three come right off of their score. So she's going to be a little OP, I think, in a team death match. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like now, I kill the Mercy before she reses everybody. Like, you know. But uh, it looks like the map selection you'll have was a Hanamura, Horizon Lunar Colony, Temple of Anubis, Volskaya Industries, Dorado, Eichenwald. Hollywood and King's Row. Uh, did you play on any of those? Are they altered so that they force people into the middle of the map, or are they just for the regular maps? The ones that I played, the one I could specifically, re- the two I could specifically remember were Hanamura and King's Row, and both of those were cut off basically in the middle. Uh, King's Row one was weird because. You know how, say, you are you just got the first point, you get on the cart, you go through through the arch, and then there's that that perch that that widows sit up in, yeah. or Hanzo's. Well, like, you can, from what I saw, you could only get to that going the long way, way around the back. So if a widow got up there, like, you couldn't get to her without changing characters that could fly up. Like, there wasn't two routes to it, like there is now because they had just cut the map off right yeah so it's a little weird but i'm sure you would get used to it once you played it more and you and you could switch really quick so i'm pretty sure they're not too concerned about it (laughs) i don't well they took the time to cut off that many maps like it seems like uh, yeah it just it it just seems like they did a lot of extra work with it right well i think it's one of those things like okay we got it done we're just going to put it to the side now I know for team deathmatch you can only play Black Forest, Castillo, yeah, Castillo, Equal Point Antarctica, and Necropolis, which I'm kind of like. And is it still six v six? No, it's four v four. No, that that must be free for all. No, it's team deathmatch. It says it right here in the, in the patch notes. Oh, because team was where I played Kings Row. Wow, I don't know. They might have changed it, but the and Hanamura. Yeah, they might have changed it, but right here it says TDM only. Um, oh, you know what? Never mind. I think I'm reading that wrong. Yeah, so you can you can only get those four maps if it's CDM only. That's why. Gotcha. Okay, so those are four extra that you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, if it's team and teams four v four. Teams four v four, not six v six. Right. Uh, so uh, in addition to deathmatch and team deathmatch, they added a new map 
Chateau Giard. Is that I'm saying that correctly? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. <laughs> but it's Widowmaker's home map. <laughs> we do know that. It's uh, supposedly also. I think I think that's correct. Giard. Um, but how, that's how you said her name. Say her name before she got married. You know, which I'm gonna, yeah, I'm I'm gonna stop. Sure. I'm gonna stop butchering these French names. I'm not gonna <laughs> attempt it at this point. Did you get a chance to play on that map? Yes, that's where I played all the free for all matches on, and it's a pretty cool map. Okay, oh, so they're uh, forcing two... FFA matches on that. Well, I don't know if they are not because when I played it, we were playing custom, oh. so it was whatever Wicked set it to. Um, but it has two jump pads. It's got some 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 high grounds, some basements. It's a pretty cool map. Uh, I found myself. In free for all, when I probably should have been camping, I just never stopped moving. I just kept looking for people to kill instead of kind of waiting for them to come to me. From the pictures I saw, it looked like a really nice map. I'm curious to see if it's the right now. I think the best looking map in Overwatch is Oasis, and I'm curious to see if it looks better than Oasis. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Lunar Colony quite a bit. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, in terms of the map, man, I, I, mean, I do like Lunar County. I don't dislike it. But the best-looking map to me is definitely Oasis. I, I guess Oasis is just too much khaki for me. Too much khaki? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? But, but like, that goldish color, it's just very... You mean gold? Sand. Yeah, okay. The, I don't know. It, it reminds me more of sand or khaki. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of gold in that map, too. Supposed to- I'm just not a f- I'm not a fan of gold. I'm more of a silver platinum guy. Oh, okay. I see what you did there. Har har. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some uh, some changes. Most of these uh, hero updates or um, character balance. So that thing we were talking about that we were like with Junkrat, they were like, why would you ever do that? They're doing it. <laughs> they're 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 uh, going ahead. They're going to give Junkrat a second concussion mine, uh, and in terms of rip tire, they're increasing the movement speed by thirty percent, and there is no longer a time limit on wall climbing. Uh, they, originally, they were talking about giving it more health. That was one of the ideas they were tossing around. They decided not to go with that. Increased movement speed. Eh, okay, like you just got to be a bit more accurate when it comes to the rip tire. Even though I was playing. I think, was it yesterday? No, it wasn't yesterday. It had to be, I think, maybe Sunday night. Actually, no, I can't remember when it was. It was recently, and I was getting rip tires off with, like, no problem. I mean, I wasn't getting, getting like, five, six-person kills, but two, three people. I, yeah, I think the days of the five- and six-person kills are over, unless you get them every great once in a while or with, you know, in conjunction with Zarya or, or Reinhardt. And I'm fine. Because I go for about one or two. Right, yeah. Like one or two key targets. And I'm fine with that. I, I really don't think, you know, I really don't think that Ultimates and Overwatch should always result in four or five, you know, team kills. You know, I don't think so. Because that, that means they're just too cheesy. They're too overpowered. And if you're looking for any type of balance, you know. Well, I think... I think that like that was a big problem in the beginning because people didn't know they didn't know to look for sound cues they did I mean Pharaoh wiping a team in gold elo used to be like 
it happened every match, you yeah. know, at least. And I mean, now it's at least in like gold rare. It's almost non-existent in high plat and and diamond. You're lucky to get one or two. Oh, even uh, unless you get that good synergy. If you use it solo, yeah. If you use yeah. it solo, yeah, yeah. I, I do remember that you uh, you know having Ferris sneak up behind the team and. You know, the people farthest in the back never said anything about it. <laughs> yeah. I remember it being Reinhardt when I first started sitting there and be like, what is hitting me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, 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 the 30% increase I'm not too upset about. But two <clears throat> two mines, like, not necessary. Like, it's just not necessary. And I think the thing that bothers me the most was uh, Jeff John's comments about being able to uh, triple jump up to a Farah the fuck out of here you should not be I able to do that I can fly. why did that even cross your mind <laughs> i believe i could touch this guy uh, yeah i'm the, i'm you guys aren't gonna be able to bitch at me for uh playing junk i don't pretty bitch soon. at you for playing junk right i had to pick junk right the other day so that we could beat that team oh yeah you picked him the same day but nobody bitched at you they bitched at me <laughs> well i think because people were, we, we were getting tired of losing <laughs> like we were losing we around lost but no that i'm saying that was the only game we like, lost like we were losing every time they pulled that bastion out we were losing and so oh, you're talking about when you went junk yeah when i went junk about yeah. hanamura when i went junk rat everybody complained to me and then i got play of the game at the end John and never complained. <laughs> uh true you yeah it was Mel, Totem, and, and, and Wicked that complained about it. That's right. John never complained. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so that's what's... If it, it, well, most of the stuff that comes through the PTR makes it in the live. So let's just say that they're going to get two mines now. Uh, let's see. What else is next? Oh, Orissa. So her fusion driver, uh, that's her main weapon, projectile speed increased by 20%. I don't know Ooh. why. And this is I play Arissa a lot. And I'm just like it's so not needed. It's ja, they wanted it to to uh have to reload more. It's a balanced thing. Oh yeah, so she can reload faster. Dude, <laughs> it's just so unnecessary. I think her projectiles like I I mean it's going to take it's going to take me maybe like a couple games to get used to it, but I I'm at a place now where, you know, I know where to place her projectiles so that they hit somebody as they're running or, you know, especially like, you know, when you pull them back with the gravity well and stuff like that. Uh also her protective barrier Size increased by 20%. The barrier shape has been changed to allow for more coverage from enemies that are below the barrier. So I guess it's supposed to be more protective. Well, it's basically yeah. the way it works. They, From what I read, the reason they changed it in that fashion was they wanted it, if you put it on a payload, they wanted it to go lower than the payload, which is kind of bunk because Reinhardt's doesn't really go lower. I mean, you could aim it lower, but I mean, hers is like a dome shield that has what nine hundred health, and you can reapply it every six seconds. I mean, it's a little nuts. Yeah, I mean, I really don't. I mean, you tell me, you're the one that's behind the shield most of the time. So, like, do you have a problem with the shields now? As long as they use well. No, but I also usually only play Arissa when I'm with you, and then when I play with Arissa on my team with other people, they usually, it seems like they forget that they can replace shield. I don't know if they're like waiting to put it in the spot they want it in, but I mean, you, I see you throw it out every time it is up. Sometimes it'll be out of place. Oh, well, shit happens, but you get it down and you get that cool down refreshed. It's at least a place I can run to and hide, even if it wasn't in the right 
area because of the curve. So I think a lot of Aristas just don't use it on cooldown. Yeah, you're right. I see a lot of people wait for the for the shield to break and then place it down again. But, you know, especially if we're like in a rest period where I see the shield is damaged and like, you know, there's nobody coming, like just pop a new shield down there. So as soon as the shield goes, uh, you know, there you can put down another one. I also see a lot of people put the shield down too early. You know, they'll put the shield down at the very beginning of a round, like, you know, even before the countdown's over. And then when the enemy gets up there, you only have a couple seconds of shield left. Shield drops, and they're not paying attention, and boop, dead. Like, that's that's the end of it. So, I don't know. Yeah. Her uh, right click is kind of an art, too. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, uh, actually, one of the matches yesterday, we, we, we had that, um, we had that Farrah Mercy uh, combo flying around, and I was able to pull the Mercy away from the Farrah just enough to kill her, and then we were able to pop the Farrah after that and then uh, take the match. So, yeah. Oh, man. That reminds me of a GIF I saw. It's totally off topic, but uh, the it was two Mercy... F- it, no, it was uh, Farrah and then a Mercy Farrah, and the Farrahs were fighting in the air, and the Mercy flew up to her Farrah, and the other Farrah had three-fourths life. She slowly fell while shooting the Farrah in the head and killed her. It was on Ilios. It was on Ilios. Well, it was a pretty sick little uh, little play right there. Oh yeah, have- yeah. It was titled "How You Kill Farrah." Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it turned out to be Mercy flying up in the air and killing Farrah. Oh nice. No, I, mean, I should send over my. Uh- that play, that play of the game I sent you the other day. Oh yeah, where you hit like six freaking midair rockets to kill both Mercy and Pharaoh when you didn't have a Mercy. Oh yeah, Jaws delivering air to face, you know, air to face rockets <laughs> directly. Like that was awesome. But yeah, that was great. At that point, like they, they, at that point, that Pharaoh quit right after quit being Pharaoh right after that because that had to be the sixth time I had killed her air to air. So it was pretty funny. Uh, the salt was was real. Yeah, let's move on. Let's talk Roadhog. This buff that I don't think is really going to make a difference is actually going to make things worse for Roadhog. Uh, so take a breather, which I didn't even know that's what that move was called. Take a breather. Uh, it can be used while moving now, and uh, the damage taken while healing is reduced by fifteen percent. Fifty percent. Sorry. So you know he does provide less alt charge while he is. Uh, you know, healing himself, but I think he takes less damage too. Is it fifty percent less damage? Well, that's what I'm talking about. Damage like reduction. Because well, like, okay. when I say he he gives fifty uh, percent less all charge, I'm talking about people shooting him while he's healing. Because <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. Like you don't just let a roadhog heal up, especially now. I mean, that's part of the problem, right? Before, if I was roadhog before the nerf. And I saw my saw me healing up. A lot of the time, they'd run away because they know that it'll be a big, like it'll be more of a problem when I had full health and maybe hook them. But people aren't afraid of Roadhog at all anymore, and that's part of the issue. They're just not afraid of him. So while he's healing, they'll just be in his face, just you know, shoot him in the face, and that's it. As Roadhog's biggest problem now, there's no fear, and he's just this big blob of alt energy that you can get by shooting at him. I love when I see enemies pick Roadhog. Absolutely love it. Yeah. 
At least now he'll be able to run to his team, but I still don't think it's a fix. I think, I mean, with the way his hook is now, reduce cooldown on hook. Like, make it to where you can use it more often. Yeah, absolutely. Like, actually, when I read these patch notes at first, it said I, I read the Widowmaker grappling hook cooldown. I was like, oh, great. They're fixing, you know, they're going to, you know, give Roadhog a faster hook. And I was like, oh, shit, that's for Widowmaker. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, they need to make. That's pretty big, too, though. For Roadhog to be such a high. A health character, right? Such a such a high health pool, and have no armor or anything like that. They need there needs to be something that makes people scared of Roadhog. It does. I, I'm still of the belief that Roadhog should be able to at least one shot healers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like 150 damage, you should be able to one shot them. I mean, in order to do it now, you have to get the perfect shot. It is so easy to disrupt that shot, but. Well, and you have to follow it up with a melee. Yeah, so uh, there's no fear regarding Roadhog. I only pull him out now for comp. Like, I pulled him out today, um, where we were, uh, there was a Doomfist flying around, being fucking Genji, and I was able to bring him to the ground a lot until he switched, and then I switched. Like, that was the end of it. I was like, okay, getting off a hog. He's he's done now. You've done your job. He's basically turned into what Symmetra used to be, right? What Blizzard apparently doesn't want situational heroes, and the only yeah, the only he's definitely situational. Yeah, the only situation where I can really see Roadhog working is against Doomfist right now. So, well, let's talk about Widowmaker. I didn't see these changes coming. Even I, I, I can't. Even, I, did they say they were working on Widowmaker changes? Because I didn't see these coming. I I hadn't heard about it. No. So the grappling hook has been reduced from twelve to eight seconds. Uh, that's not surprising because a lot of Widow mains have been, um, you know, they've been complaining about the mobility aspect. You know, they grapple once, Winston follows them, they're going to die. And yeah, I've played Widow very little, but that's the biggest thing that I've hated is being like, oh, crap, i got to wait another five seconds. All right. And just waiting to jump up somewhere. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I know when I'm Winston, I, I will go Winston to take care of a Widow. I mean, still, I mean, technically speaking, Winston is still a great Widow counter because you can make her move around like that. You don't want Widow sitting in place so that she can shoot your teammates, right? You want to make her move around. You want to make her uncomfortable. So I think it's a good change for Widow mains. We'll see if it's too much or not. Uh, you know, the, the thing about balancing, obviously, is that you got to worry about the people in the high end. And will this make them too powerful? You know, so. Uh, and also, Venom Mine, affected targets are now visible through walls to you as Widowmaker only. Oh, that's pretty cool. I, I don't really see a problem with that. I thought it was cool. I I don't play Widow enough to know the impact of that. That kind of gives her a Hanzo-esque ability. Like, you know, if she puts the, the Venom Mine on, let's say, like, you know, a wall as people pass by and three people get affected by, like, the, the Venom Mine, you know, that's that gives her, like, a Hanzo-esque ability. Even though I think she's, you know, way more dangerous uh, in the wrong hands, like, with that, with that ability, like, you know, just to see people coming around corners, it's, it's essentially an aimbot. So, yeah, it's huge. So, it's kind of cool, but I think, at I think we're going to see that um, be more effective at a higher end of play. You know, because if you got if you have yourself a silver widow that can't hit the fucking you know broadside of a barn anyway, it really doesn't matter. They can see you coming around a corner. <laughs> so, 
Uh, too bad they don't give prizes for hitting them in the ankles. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be the man. Too bad. Uh, so uh, interface change on the PTR is that uh, they've added outline opacity. Uh, an option under the custom reticle settings, apparently it changes the uh, the black outline surrounding the reticle. So, I don't know. When I when the custom reticles are in PTR, I actually didn't play with them too much. I'm like, this is too much. I just want to play, you know, Horizon. I want to do this or that. So maybe when it actually comes out, it'll be more. Uh, uh, I'll be more into it. Oh, I did want to say one thing, Bob. You were talking about how annoying how annoying the uh, custom crosshairs were. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like when they switched. Yeah, for some reason, um, my crosshairs reverted to default i have no idea why i went to go play soldier and it was a huge crosshair i'm like i know i've played soldier on this account you know since you know this came out so i don't understand why this is the case here well that's what all of mine did i had the short crosshairs before and they all changed to like this weird huge crosshair with a little dot in the center yeah yeah, I just peeked in the chat. I said wall. I said aimbot. I don't mean aimbot. I meant I actually meant wall hack. <laughs> Sorry about that. Good call, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I actually meant I meant wall hack, not aimbot. Sorry about that. Soldier has the aimbot, <laughs> but that's an alt. Legal, legal, legal. So, yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna end the show for us today because we didn't have any weekly updates. I was I was looking around. To see, like, you know, what else is happening in Overwatch this week? Anything new? I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff happening with, um, you know, competitive Overwatch, but, uh, you know, we don't cover the the match-to-match uh, when it comes to competitive Overwatch. I guess we didn't cover Lucio Ball, but... No, we did. Yeah, we covered yeah, Lucio Ball we last week. Yeah, we did last week. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I was very surprised that it was, it was been... Like, Blizzard was pretty quiet. Which, I don't know, maybe a good thing. They might be working on something that we want the next time. Maybe Jeff's on vacation. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, so no weekly episode this week. I that's I think this, this is, I have to look to see how long it's been since we haven't had a weekly update. But it's been quite some time. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to wrap us up. I just want to remind everybody that we do live stream every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On twitch.tv slash mash those buttons, you can come in and join the chat, which has been pretty cool tonight and the last couple of times, but extra cool tonight. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely come check that out. Uh, we like always, we want to hear about your Overwatch stories. So, if it's something funny or angry or, you know, something you just want to talk about, go ahead and send it to us. Uh, you can email us at wpr at mash those or you can reach out to us via like Twitter or Facebook which we're going to you know drop all that info in a, in a minute here. But yeah, we definitely want to hear about your Overwatch stories. We do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. And you can join those. And I know I've been saying I'm going to get back on the console because to play a bit more, but I honestly thought this season was going to go way better for me. I thought I was going to have more time to play this season. Get up to Diamond, and then I was going to hop over to the console didn't happen but i swear to god i'm coming back i do enjoy playing overwatch on console especially what you guys i've played before it's pretty awesome uh we also have a discord that you can join that you can join it's discord.me 
slash mash those buttons. Hop in there. We've been getting more and more people in there and been having some fun. I always like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch. It's a uh, Facebook group that has Overwatch players from every platform. So whether you're looking for somebody to play with or you're just looking for some information or just some dank memes, it's all there. So check out Heroes of Overwatch on Facebook. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we're available on uh, several podcast platforms, iTunes, Apple Podcasts for iOS, Overcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, SoundCloud, Podbean, and we have a dedicated RSS feed for those of you who have your own podcatcher you want to put it into. Links are available right on the Mashless Buttons website. Uh, like I said, our, our Twitter earlier, it is Watchpoint Radio, so twitter.com slash watchpointradio, but you can also uh, catch up with us on twitter.com slash site. Facebook.com slash mash those buttons and YouTube.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, Bob, why don't you tell them where they can find you? You can find me on Twitter at blazed underscore Bob. That's B L A Z Z I N underscore B O B. You can also find me on Twitch at blazing Bob. There's nothing there yet, but maybe someday. <laughs> All right. And I am underscore jaw underscore on Twitter, which is underscore J A A underscore and i also have twitch twitch.tv slash church of job but i stream very casually so if you if you do follow me there once once every few weeks i'll pop up one o'clock in the morning eh, i couldn't sleep <laughs> go play some Fortnite. so yeah uh but i am there uh we encourage anybody to uh, contact the show with any questions or comments uh anything you heard on the show you want to talk about any questions about so reach out to us. Like I said, the email address is WPR and you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, comment section on the website, wherever. Uh, if you enjoyed the show uh, and you want to help us out, the best way to help us out is to actually share the podcast with others. Um, that's a tremendous help if you think they'll enjoy it. And also, if you really want to help us out, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite uh, podcast platform of choice. So, you know, that's a, a huge help, and we do appreciate everybody who takes the time to write us reviews. It's awesome. Bob gets super excited every time one comes in. He's like a dog. Okay, I didn't ask you yeah, to ask what, it out. Didn't ask you to that's ask why it I did, That's why I, did, I can't believe I didn't see this one. Oh, yeah. yeah he does look for him a lot, so he really appreciates it. Uh, we do, if you don't want to, you, that we do have uh, some Watchpoint Radio merch. Just go right to the Mashless Buttons website. And hit the store bullet link, and you can get yourself a Watchpoint Radio uh, shirt or mug, like you know Bob likes to drink out of. He usually puts it on screen right now, but I guess he doesn't have it. Oh no, nope. I'm wrong. There's Bob with the product placement right on time. Great job, Bob. I was just add a T. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, you know, thanks a lot again for those who have purchased shirts and you know uh, mugs and things like that. It's a great help. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to see more about Mashless Buttons and our other shows that we have on the network, just go to mashlessbuttons.com slash shows, and you can check out everything. But uh, like I said earlier, thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. All my loving I will send to you. All my loving, darling, I'll be true. Sorry. Okay, good night, folks.
god, this is so bad.